In regards to gear, I guess I do have one question. I'll get a little vulnerable. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. As I'm starting to dip into these, you know, what I think are higher higher mileage runs, I'll get back and my nips are just <laughs> raw. Yes. So is there a material that's best for that or, or is tape kind of the best option? I mean, yes. it has caused a lot of pain. Yes, thank you for that. That is a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. I told the story, uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago, and I saw a guy wearing a white shirt and he looked like he'd been shot in the chest. <laughs> twice <laughs> he had the big red oh so painful hi this is marty janishek and i'm a big ass runner from concord new hampshire welcome to the big ass runner podcast where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world now here is your host fantastically handsome jeff harrell Marty, fantastically handsome. That was fantastic. I appreciate that amazing intro. Thank you very much. I'm not sure if you're being facetious or not, but I'm going to take it. Either way, it's all good. Well, my name is Jeff Harold. This is the Big Ass Runner Podcast, episode number 97. We have a great show for you. I realize, again, I say this a lot but I really do. I feel like we have a great show planned. In segment one, you're going to hear from a brand new trail runner. Now, a lot of us listening to the show, maybe we are new trail runners, but a lot of us are more seasoned, but we're trying to get other people onto the trails. We're trying to convince those maybe road runners or friends who don't run to get on the trail. And so we wanted to hear from someone who's brand new at it, find out what they're concerns, their fears, their excitement, their questions, all of that. And this person's going to be in studio and they may or may not be related to me. So we'll see. That's segment number one. And segment number two, I ran across an article in Runner's World talking about the top 25 quirks of runners. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. Well, I read the article, I thought, this is, this is not quirky. This is not trail running. This is not trail runner quirky. I think this was made for road runners. So I asked the big ass runner herd about their trail running quirks and they did not disappoint. So I think you're really going to enjoy segment number two. We're going to talk about some trail running quirks from the herd. But before we get to that, one thing I wanted to share is feedback and how valuable feedback is. It's you know it's valuable as we think about our trail running, it, observing what's going on with your Strava, observing what's going on with your diet, trying some things, listening to your body, getting feedback, making some changes, making some tweaks. And the same is true for this podcast. I love to get feedback, whether that's segments that you liked, segments that you didn't like, segments you wish you we had more of, or ideas that you have, or hey, you want a, a hoodie, or anything like that. I love feedback. And I just want to say a big thank you, because I got a lot of feedback about our segment that we did a couple of episodes ago around CBD and really trying to get clarity about what is it, how does it help trail runners. I heard from a number of people 
that that was very valuable. And I want to say, too, that we are very excited about our partnership with Myoderm. You heard from their CEO, Eric. He's just so knowledgeable, gave us such great insight and information about what CBD does for your body and how it helps trail runners. And I just want to highlight, because I had heard a lot of people say, I want to try this. I want to see if it's going to work for me. Again, heard from a lot of people that they got more clarity around it. Again, Myoderm, M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com and use the code BIGRUN for 20% off. 20% off if you go online at myoderm.com. I've been using it on my hamstring. I've been using it on my joints and I've been using it on my neck at night. And again, I think it really is helping me with relaxation and sleep. So check it out. Myoderm, M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 97 of the Big Ass Runner. Half empty, tide was low, and I was thirsty. I saw her sit at the bar. You know how some girls are always making Well, now in the big ass runner studio, live in person, we have the great Hayden Harrell. Hayden, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Excited to have you here. Uh, we're we're related. I don't know if people knew that. Yeah, yeah. How are we related, Hato? Um, you are what most call my father. <laughs> it's true. Yes, so true. Hato, my oldest son. I've got four kids. Hayden is the second oldest. Yeah. And you heard from Hayden. If you go back and listen to the podcast, I don't remember what episode it was. The recap of the Chappas Aid Station. Oh, yeah. Hayden got to serve with his wife, Donna. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that here in a second. But before we get to that, Hayden, I thought it would be great for, by the way, you're talking to the best people in the world, the big-ass runner, Herd. Absolutely. And I'd like the Herd to get to know you a little bit. So tell us about where you live, what you do, just all that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, me and my beautiful wife, Donna, uh, live down in Austin, Texas. I'm a Dallas boy myself, but found a job down there and couldn't turn it down. So beautiful city. We love it. Got married almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, you just had our anniversary. Happy just had anniversary. our first anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, I mean, tons to do. I've been loving the city and love being outside. Love going to parks, getting a dog pretty soon here. Uh-oh. So that's pretty exciting. I wanted to bring you on because a lot of people listen to The Big Ass Runner that are newbies to trail running. They are maybe they're road runners who are making the transition over. Maybe they're not runners at all and they want to start trail running. Sure. So I think your story is going to definitely be something that be interesting to that group but also those of us who've been doing this for a while we also are very keen on helping other people mm-hmm. into trail running and so it's good to, for us to hear what you know n- newbies are thinking like what their concerns are what questions they have and so i think this is going to be a segment for everybody mm. 
So I'm very excited to talk to you. But before we get to even that, talk to me about your athletic background. Because I think a lot of people think, well, trail running is for those who, who did cross country or track or, you know, those kinds of things. Tell us a little bit about your athletic background. Sure. I mean, there's not much to tell. Uh-oh. Um, not much of an athlete myself. C-team basketball, eighth grade. Um, <laughs> hello. I made a pretty good run in that. Let's see. Yeah. BMX in high school. Did a, a bit of biking and then rock climbing all through college, but not much for playing sports. I'm, I'm a pretty big liability in that regard. So yeah, not much to tell. I don't know about that. I think you're very athletic. We just never had you in a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Where you could develop necessarily your prowess in a one, in, in one particular sport. You had a I think you had diverse interests growing up. Yeah, I've, I've floated around. I was a role player, but not a very good one. I don't know about it, that. Put you're, it that way. Your defensive prowess on that C-team basketball team was phenomenal. That's true. I wasn't afraid to be scrappy, so I can't <laughs> say that. You were aggressive and scrappy. I'll get after it. Yes. And another thing you need to know about Hayden is that when he puts his mind to something and to learning something, he puts his mind to it. Like you are full throttle, mm. learn something new. Let, let's let's give the, the listeners some examples. Let's start with the unicycle. Yeah, big time. Unicycle. I mean, I love biking and just the thought of one less wheel. I was like, let's get it. I mean, <laughs> uh, unicycle yo-yo. The, um, oh, I the forgot about the yo-yo prowess. Bit. Short stint in that. Yeah, lately golf. I mean, I've been obsessed. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a hobby guy. I, I get into something and and I get pretty obsessed with it. You don't do it casually. I feel like you yeah. really learn about it, study it, do it. Banjo. Oh, banjo. Now I am going to brag on you, Hado, because you, you said you weren't you know athletically. You're athletic, but you didn't necessarily excel in athletics. Sure. But you did excel in music. You were an all-state percussionist. Two-time. 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 I mean, I'll say that much. <laughs> yes, you're an excellent percussionist. And therefore, just you just it skipped me. For, fortunately for you, it skipped me and and went to you from my dad. Sure. From what who you call Papa. Papa. Yep. Randy Harrell. He is a banjo player, piano player. And you picked up all of that musical gene, genes and, and prowess because you, you can pick up an instrument and at least play a little bit. And then when you decide to really learn it, you can really learn it. So the banjo, how are you doing on the banjo? It's good. I just learned a little ditty the other week, actually. Shout out Tyler Childers. Learned a little Tyler the other day. Nice. But now it's going good. Trying to keep up with it. I mean, consistency is key, I think, in most things. So I'm Ooh. trying to just make sure I pick it up, even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes one day. Just try and do a little picking. A little picking and a little grinning. A lot of grinning. Well, we're going to transition now because you've decided. Yes. I'm very, this, is, this makes you know dad, dad very, very, very happy. You've decided that you are going to run your very first trail race. Yes. And on the calendar, we have the Lake Murray 25K up in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And then I believe one year from that, a big, big announcement, by the way, we're giving, giving a little sneak, sneak big announcement. You are going to run your first ultra. I am. October of 23. 
the Whitefish 50K out in Whitefish, Montana. Boom. Man, I'm so excited because I'm also running that race. Yep. A little little uh, teaser there in October of 23. And so you've got you've got a f- several months before your first trail race, not an ultra, 25K, nothing wrong with that. That's a great distance. Mm-hmm. And then you have your ultimate eyes on the prize of a 50K in October of 23. So I wanted to ask you, because you told us earlier, not a runner. No. You, you probably ran to your bike or yep. ran. <laughs> You didn't run around on defense. I did. You were very sure. aggressive. You did a little running there, but, yep. but not any distance running. Correct. So first question, why did you decide you want you wanted to do some trail running? And that's a great question. Something I'm still trying to figure out, I guess, because a lot of the times I'll get out there and I'm like, man, this, this sucks. This <laughs> is not fun. And, and why am I doing this? And I feel like that kind of leads me to my why is discipline to me has always been something I've, you know, wanted to improve in, in different aspects of my life. And now being married, being a working man, it's hard to be disciplined in regards to your body. And so I think running, at least lately, has been the easiest way for me to get out there, do something hard, and just kind of embrace that suck of, man, this hurts. I want to stop. But there's something something sharpening about, you know, not giving into that that I've I've really enjoyed lately and and I'm excited to to kind of continue that and try and push those limits. You hit on a few things that I think are important. One is it, it's not easy, especially early on. Yep. If you've not been a runner, you don't have that base getting out there. I know people say, God, I can't even run a mile. And that and you can't the first time. Sure. But you do it and you do it a couple of times and then you go a little bit farther, a little bit farther. And so I think that's important. The discipline and consistency you talked about, critical, critical in building that, that endurance. Any endurance athlete will tell you that consistency getting out there and doing it, embracing the suck. Yep. And it starts to not suck as much, and that's when it gets fun. But I do wonder, too, because you served with us at the Chappas Aid Station. You got to see, and I, we talk a little bit about this, usually the aid station like where we were, mile twenty twenty two. that's the worst of it. Yep. <laughs> you see sure. runners in the worst possible, usually, state because they are about 10 miles from the finish, and there tends to be blood and sweat and tears, all yeah. of the above. What impact did, did serving at Chapas have on your decision? Yeah, I mean, just firsthand seeing the community, the type of people that make up that community, just incredible people getting to talk with them where they come from. And I mean, just not freak athletes. You know, when you think of people that first night they were running the 100K, I mean, you just think these guys are runners born to run that's what they do they're just kind of everyday people who love to run and do it and do it really well so i think i was really impressed by that also just a major perspective shift when they were doing that second loop and we're telling them 9.9 you're you know single digits and I kind of had to take a step back and be like, I've never run 9.9, not even close to that ever in my life. And I'm telling them, oh, you're so close. You've got this. And and me being as fresh as I was couldn't make it to that finish line. So I think all of that just, just really changed my perspective of just how impressive it is what they're doing, but also how attainable it is. Cause I mean, these, these guys aren't just genetic freaks, you know, they're, they're just people. Boy, ain't that the truth. <laughs> I could tell you that. 
Yeah, that's what I think we love about about trail running. It is every day. It's the everyday person that gets out there and just shows up mm. and gets it done. And I told you about whitefish. I think probably the lure of Montana was part of part yep. of it as well. But you decide, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. And you have quite a bit of time before October. A lot of people would probably wait, but I've been very impressed. You you jumped on it and you you joined Strava, which did. I think is yep. a big step. Sure did. And I've been following you on Strava, and you just started cranking out. You know, I think you probably started with three miles. Yep. And then the next week you're at four, mm-hmm. and then the next week you're at five. And then a couple of weeks ago, you knocked out your first double-digit run, yep. which is amazing. So I want to ask, when you went into this thinking, okay, I need to train for this October trail run. I've never trail run before. What what were some of the things that went through your mind, some of the things you're thinking about? Yeah. I mean, that first time, I definitely considered, oh, you know, this this race is a year and a half out. Do I need to start training now? And I feel like I was starting to approach it not the best way of, of something just kind of to do. And I, I really wanted to find a passion in it and really get into it. And so I was like, man, nothing's stopping me from just going out and running tomorrow. So woke up and did it and did those three miles and my knee was killing me. And I was thinking, man, it's not too early to stop. I mean, I I ran once, gave it a good try. I think I got a bum knee. So, you know, why not just kind of call it good and say, I'm just not a runner, but I'm out there, I'm rocking a knee brace, kind of saved my life, but found a sweet trail down in Austin called Shoal Creek. And it starts kind of near downtown and, and you kind of make your way down towards Town Lake, which runs right through the heart of Austin. And it was always kind of my goal those first couple of weeks, like, man, I'm making it halfway to the lake and then I got to turn back because I just can't go any further. And I just wanted to see that lake. And that's all I kind of had my eyes on and, and finally made it out there. I think it was my six something mile run. Saw that lake and then just had to turn right around and do three back. And it's exciting now because I get to hit the lake and then try and push it past that, see just how far around the lake I can make it. And so when I'm dragged myself those 10 miles, I was able to almost do a full loop around the lake, which it's just so cool seeing, I guess, the progression of that. Progress is is such a motivator yep. when you see the changes. We ran this morning and, and one thing we said when we were done, I've never had a run where I went, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah, It's like getting out, doing it. You're always glad you did it. I'm sure you're. it's not easy to get up in the morning because you had a full day of work, but you get out there, you do it. I'm sure you're glad you did. And we talked we talk about this too. Then you have the rest of the day. Yeah. Like you can go you know, after it, after work, you can go do whatever you want because you've got your run in. You got your workout in. Super cool. Well, I'm curious to know what questions you either have or had, what confusion you have. Because trail running can be, you know, it's, it's a different animal. Yep. There's a lot you know, to consider gear and shoes and training and, you know, chafing and blisters and toenails and there's all kinds of things. And I'm just curious as a new trail runner, yep. what questions you either had and have had answered or have, and then, you know, what, what are other things that you're thinking about? Man, that's a great question. I guess some of what I've wondered is how you know where to go. Because in in some of these, I guess, especially longer races, I mean, you're just out there, you know? I mean, is it is it clear 
what turns to make, ah, where to, yes. Trail to marking. find the next. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's not because Steven got lost in the last race, turned an eight mile race into a 10.3 mile race. So that's a, that is good. So there's usually a race briefing before every race and the race director will tell you the lay of the land. But most of the time, he knows the course really well, but you don't. So he's saying, you know, when you get to this spot, you know, look for this, and you have no idea, mm-hmm. if, especially if you had never run the trail before. And so, yes, the, the trails are usually, well, if it's a good race with a good race director, then the trails are, are usually well marked. But you do want to keep in mind, because a lot of times there are multiple distances happening on the same trail. Yeah. And if you're like last week, there was a four mile loop, there was an eight mile loop, there was a 17 mile, et cetera. So you had to know what color yours was Yep. and look for that in different turns. And Steven just missed one. Yeah. So that's a good, that is a good question. I've never had asked before. How do you, how do you know where to go? Yeah. Good. A good race will be well marked, but you do need to pay attention. Yeah. And in fact, one of the, in segment two, you'll hear some of the quirks that some of our trail runners have. And one, I think it was from CJ, says she high fives every blaze or basically, basically every trail marking to stay kind of in the moment so she doesn't zone out and miss one. Yeah. So yeah, it, that's a great question. It should be well marked, but you do want to pay attention. And what I tend to do, because I'm not at the front of the pack, I usually follow mm. <laughs> people in front of me. And sometimes you're running by yourself, so there's there's not that. When I was at Black Canyon, I was out by myself, had no idea, and I was worried about that because it's pitch black, and I've never been on those mountains before. No. And every time I saw a trail marker, it would my heart rate would lower, and then it would go back up when I didn't see the next one until I did. But that's a great question. Speaking of heart rate, how do I track that? Is there a zone? that I kind of want to sit at because I remember my first run was wearing my Apple watch. So by the end of the run, I think my max BPM was like clocking in at 190. Oh yeah, it's high. Doesn't sound sustainable to me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, is there a, a zone I should hit or if I notice I'm at a certain level, kind of maybe walk a little bit, try and control it? What a great question, Hayden. And we were talking about that too when we were running. Most people run too fast. Mm-hmm. And that's why they hate it because they can't breathe. You should be able to have, if it's just an easy run. So there's different kinds of runs. And if you do, if you have a coach or you follow a program, it'll say, you know, easy, long run, or maybe a tempo run or, you know, hills and things like that. Speed work, speed work. You're going to get your heart rate higher, but for long, easy runs, you want to keep your heart rate where you can have a conversation with someone you're running with. Yeah. And we did that today. I think we kept we kept our, our heart. We were running about a 10 and a half to 11 mile pace, and we were able to have a conversation the whole time. But the math says, and there's a, there's a heart rate training, you've heard that, or math, there's different uh, methodologies out there, but you want to keep it below a certain threshold for, usually it is 180 minus your age, because you are so young. (laughs) For me, it's a lot lower number for you. 180 minus your age 24 would be 156. So you want to keep your heart rate on an easy run somewhere below that. Okay. Probably in the 140 range. Mine, mine, I try to keep at 130, 135. What you'll find is early on, that's going to be a slower pace. Right. As you get better as a runner and you get a that base built, that 
that'll get faster and faster. And so over time you will start to you know, run at, you know, one fifty for you will be a pretty, pretty fast pace, but you'll still be able to have that conversation and, right. and that sort of thing. But I think the mistake a lot of runners make, especially early on is they run too fast. It may not feel too fast, mm-hmm. but too fast for what they should be doing to keep their heart rate down. Yeah. So for you, you know, I'm sure we'll hear from some coaches out here listening to the show, but I think for you, you know, 150 is probably where you want to want to stay. Now that's again during your easy runs, and then if you're speed work, you'll go above that for right. those harder speed works and things like that. You'll go higher. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think slowing down has made running more enjoyable to me because oh, the yeah. first first couple times I'll get out there and I'm like, man, I, I feel like I should be able to run a nine minute mile and get two or three miles in, and I think I'm going to hurl, get back to my car and can't talk to my wife who's waiting there for me and just completely out of it. And now I kind of slow down, realize that my kind of comfort zone is 11 minute, 1130, which isn't, you know, nothing super exciting about that. But, you know, I finished my longest run, that 10 mile run and hop in the car and kind of collect myself, but I'm, I'm fine. You know, I feel good and it just makes it so much more enjoyable. I'm able to think while I'm I'm running and and so I've really enjoyed that aspect. And you'll find that that 11 mile pace will improve over time. Right. And not that that's a bad pace. That's just that's a great pace, but it'll get faster over time with the same level of comfort and ease that you're running with at an 11. Yeah. What about gear and shoes and things like that? Yeah, I rock a pair of Hoka One One. Of course. Clifton 7s. Nice. Um, I got them couple years ago, just because I thought they looked sweet, um, which they do for sure. But that's what I'm rocking. I mean, I don't think they're necessarily trail running shoes. Might be closer to road, but I've been loving those and definitely, you know, want to look into a more aggressive shoe for the trail. But I think I might need a new watch potentially. Yes. Yeah. Got to join, got to join the crew, the, either the Garmin or the Sunto. There's, there's a couple of different ones out there. But you were, I think you tracked yours on your phone today through Strava, mm-hmm. which is not a bad route to go. Yep. But the Garmin will give you a lot of stats that maybe you're not able to see now. Pace, you can program things. It's, it's, plus it just tells everybody that you see that you're a trail runner. <laughs> <laughs> I have people that'll see my watch and go, oh, you're, you must run. I'm like, yep. Yep. Otherwise, you wouldn't be wearing that huge. <laughs> yeah, I wear I wear the Phoenix version, which is the big, the biggest of of the watches. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good investment. Yeah, that's a good investment. You know, I think people tend to though overcomplicate it, and I think you. What I like what what your approach has been is, hey, I've got some shoes, and I can find a trail. Let's go run. Yeah, you didn't have to figure out all the things like what kind of shirt should I wear, shorts. Like you, that comes over time. It's fun to dive into some of that stuff and gear. And we certainly love gear on the show. We love Path Project stuff. But you don't need to have all of that figured out to get started. Right. You add that over time, especially if you have an interest in it. But you don't need to have like everything figured out. I think one thing you will need to focus on, and we talked a little bit about you're using some BPN products and things like that. Oh, yeah will be the nutrition side. Right. Making sure that you're getting fueled, that you're staying hydrated. And so, because you're now up to 10 miles, as you get to, you know, beyond that, you're really going to need to make sure you're fueling your body efficiently Mm -hmm. and appropriately. 
and staying hydrated and, and taking that part seriously. It's harder to do for me anyway at your age because at 24, you still you feel like you can eat anything you want. Yeah. And, do you know drink anything you want? But as you as you age, it gets harder. But I would say also as you want to get better and better at trail running and go farther and farther, it also becomes more important. Right. In regards to gear, I guess I do have one question. I'll get a little vulnerable. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. As I'm starting to dip into these, you know, what I think are higher higher mileage runs, I'll get back and my nips are just <laughs> raw. Yes. So is there a material that's best for that or, or is tape kind of the best option? I mean, yes. it has caused a lot of pain. Yes. Thank you for that. That is a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. I told the story, uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago about the, the first time I did a marathon, we get to the half marathon distance where a lot of people were quitting, not quitting. That's, that's what, it, you know, the same route. So half marathon is where the half marathon is finished. Yep. And I saw a guy wearing a white shirt and he looked like he'd been shot in the chest <laughs> twice. He had the big red. Oh, yeah. uh, so painful. And ever since then, I band-aid up. Okay. I don't I don't even take any chance. Now, today I didn't because if anything, five miles or less, mm-hmm. as long as you're wearing like a path project shirt with the with the soft material. Sure. But I I don't take chances. I just band-aid up and, okay. then, and then you don't have to worry about it. So gotcha. I would say on your longer runs a little band-aid action. Uh, some people, you know, will use like, you could use a salty britches ointment on there. You know, just The thing is you want to stay away from is friction, right? right? And when you sweat, what happens is that friction changes and it'll stick and it'll rub and it'll be a problem. <laughs> yep. So I just avoid it all together and just go band-aid. Okay. There you go. Nice. Now I know. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. So Hayden, how are you thinking about things like stretching, recovery, off days? Is that, as a new runner, has that even entered your your mind at this point? Not really. And I do think, you know, my younger age has some to do with that. I still think I'm invincible and just kind of hop out of the truck and go and then come back and that's kind of it. So I've yet to introduce kind of a routine, I guess, for either warming up or post run warming down. Yes. I would say all of us don't take it as seriously as we should, regardless of age. Mm -hmm. I think recovery is something that everyone thinks about maybe not as early or as equal to their, usually you think first about your training. Mm -hmm. How many miles am I getting? Like that's the first thing you worry about. The actual running, the actual doing the thing. And that makes sense, right? Because that's, that's, that's part of it. But then, then you really also equally need to think about the recovery because honestly what you're doing is you're, you're stressing your body. You're going for a run. Mm -hmm. We talked about inflammation with, Eric Smart and the CBD, you're going for a run, you're causing inflammation, your body is inflamed because it's healing itself and because you want it to heal itself and get stronger so that next time you go out, you're able to do more. Mm-hmm. But if you're not recovering properly or quickly, then that just slows down your progress. So it, I think it's good to think about recovery and all that, not as just something you got to do, but an important part of you 
getting better yeah. as, a, as an athlete. And so when you're done with a run, cooling down properly, stretching properly, rehydrating your body, refueling your body so that when it's healing itself, it's got all the things it needs to recover. Yeah. And so the next time you go out and you fueled properly to go out the next time, you're able to perform at your highest, highest peak. Yeah. So I think thinking about all that, not as just extra stuff I kind of need to do, but really part of me trying to be the best athlete I can be. Mm. Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> so well, it was so well said. How could it not? <laughs> well, Hayden, we are so excited for you as you start into this trail running journey. And I think Donna's also jumped into the running mm, as well. Dipping she, her toes in, yeah. She's gonna. I believe she's going to join us in Montana and in, I don't know, if she's going to run in Oklahoma. She's definitely attending. I'm not sure if she's running. Yep. Uh, she'll be in attendance for sure. She was the Chapa's Age Station MVP, I oh think. Oh my gosh. She was so awesome. She was everywhere. She On was the ev- mic, making pancakes. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a sight to see. Well, we're very excited for both you and Donna as you jump into this sport. And I think like everything else you do, you will give it, one hundred percent. We're very excited. Thanks for sharing kind of your thoughts, your questions, your experiences. I think that again, that helps new runners like yourself, but also more seasoned like us that, you know, think how how can we help more people get into the sport, embrace the sport, and a lot of times you kind of forget those questions and thoughts that you have. So thanks for doing that. Absolutely. Well, Hayden, thanks for joining us. Will you come back and give us updates from time to time? Absolutely. All right. Well, the big ass runner, you heard that. He said yes. Hato, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Like father, like son. Two roads become one. The old and the young. The father and the son. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. And one person that absolutely made it happen on Memorial Day weekend was the great Denver Isom who finished. He talked about this when we did his Inside the Herd interview, the Veterans Memorial 150 miler, a trek across Michigan. Only a few people had actually finished this race. Big shout out to Denver. Way to go for completing that. Kelly Fain, I know nominated you as well for a shout out and kudo for this race. I know you had lots of folks out there helping you along for this monumental, epic adventure, including Gene Dombrowski. Man, we're just so, so very proud of you, Denver. And to do it on such a special day, honoring the people that serve this country. What an amazing, epic event. Congratulations, Denver. Way to go. Well, as I mentioned in the open, I saw an article from Runner's World, which I love. Runner's World's great. Definitely focuses more on road, which I get that. No big deal. That's why I get Trail Runner magazine as well. But it had an article about the 25 quirky things runners do, and it made my ears perk up, although I was reading it, so I guess it made my eyes perk up. That doesn't sound right. Anyway, read the article. 
and I started reading these 25 items like these are not quirky. These are does not fall into the quirky category. These are just common sense things that everybody knows. And anyway, so it was things like, for example, know where all the local bathrooms are. Anywhere in the city. Anywhere in the city. I'll tell you the best public toilet. <laughs> okay. 54th and 6th. Sperry Rand Building, 14th floor, Morgan Apparel. Mention my name. She'll give you the key. <laughs> okay. That's just smart. That's strategic. It's not quirky at all. Plan vacations around races. Of course. What else are you going to do? Block off weekend mornings for running. Yes, of course. So as I read this, I thought these are just practical things that runners do. But I do believe there is quirky things that runners do, particularly trail runners. So I asked the big ass runner herd, tell me some quirky things that you do as a trail runner. And of course, as always, the big S runner herd did not disappoint. So I've got my list here. We're going to go through these, see if you resonate with any of these. And if you have a quirky trail running thing you do, please let me know. I would add to the list. All right. The first one, and this one did not disappoint is from FT runners podcast. I think that stands for Florida trail runners podcast. I eat hot dogs during my ultras. I have the 99 cent package in my vest and I slap them down. That's quirky and actually leads to a lot of questions. I'm picturing, okay, if you got a 99 cent package in your vest, I'm guessing they're not cooked because they're in the package. And what about all that hot dog juice? Does that get anywhere? Are you you stoning them down uncooked with all the hot dog juice? So many questions. I want hot dogs, mom. We need answers, FT Runners Podcast, but that's definitely quirky. See, Runners World needs to interview the big-ass runner herd if they really want to get some quirky running items. Wolf Speed has two items here, two different submissions. One, I always need gum. Always. Uh, uh, you got any gum? That's an interesting point. Do you run with gum? I do not. I enjoy gum more for fresh breath and things like that, but I do not run with gum. Do you run with gum? Well, Wolfspeed does. Wolfspeed does. Wolfspeed also says every stick is a snake until proven otherwise. That is true. That's just a fact. It's a little quirky, but that is. Actually, it's just, just wise, <laughs> just wise. Every stick is a snake until proven otherwise. Well, thank you, Wolf Speed, for those two items. Randall has a submission here. No trail race is complete without pancakes afterward. Randall, you are speaking my language. That is 100% correct. No trail race is complete without the greatness of the pancake afterwards. Danny would agree with you as well. Excellent. Quirky? Not really. Just excellent. Well, a little quirky maybe, but just excellent. Way to go, Randall. Thank you for that submission. Mike the Moose Snyder. He says he can never go clockwise if he's doing a trail loop. If he's doing a loop, he always has to go 
counterclockwise for some reason. A little quirky. I love it. Uh, I don't think I have that issue. I, again, is as we've well documented on this podcast, look at the signs. If the trail runners go one way, the bikers go another way, just, just follow the signs. Just follow the rules. I guess I'm a rule follower when it comes to which direction on the trail. Well, thank you for that submission, Mike. S. Diggy says, I bring four sets of shoes to a race and wear the ones that speak to me. That is S. Diggy. That is a little quirky. I wanna, I'm going to give you that. And kind of curious why your shoes are talking. I bring four sets of shoes to a race and wear the ones that speak to me. You know, I do, I do a little bit of that. I will bring maybe two pairs sometimes because you're just not sure what the terrain's going to be like or what you're feeling. But four, I don't know. But I like it. S. Diggy, thank you for that. Trail Nick says, I have to touch every tree I run past. I have to touch every tree. What if there's a lot of trees, Trail Nick? Then uh, you're going to be d- touching lots of trees on your way down the trail. Does anyone else do that? Do you have to touch all the tr- I mean, I love the trees. Enjoy the trees. Don't know if I'm going to, you know, there's boundaries touching all the trees. I'm not sure. Is quirky. Thank you for that, Trail Nick. Well, Maddie says, I sign up for a race distance that is at least one distance farther that I feel ready for. I love this one. Maddie, I think this is great. I sign up for a race distance that is one distance, at least one distance farther than I feel ready for. I like this because I think a lot of times we sign up for something that we feel like, oh, I can do that. Not really thinking about, well, but I can train and maybe do the next longer distance. You know, if that's part of your why anyway. So I love that, Maddie. I I do feel very strongly. I was talking to someone today at work. He's asking about my next race. I don't have a race in the near future. And my, I think my training has suffered for that. There's not something I'm actively training for. So I think signing up and, you know, putting some money down, some skin in the game, so to speak, is super important. And I like this idea of signing up for a race distance. It's maybe a click, click beyond what you think you can do. And you're challenging yourself and you're also raising the stakes and perhaps uh, getting your training going on a better path. I love that. Well, Kim Endo says, I put my arms out like a bird on descents for balance. I think we need to see video of this, Kim. This I can see, I can kind of picture it. I don't go fast enough to need a lot of balance down descents, but I know that you do because you are a fast runner. But this is a good one. This is a good one. I put my arms out like a bird on descents for balance. Thank you for that, Kim. Jeff says, I visit the beacon of light exactly, exactly three times before every race. Does that guy leave the bathroom? What's he living off of Hot Pockets? This is a good one. Now, first of all, if you are new to the show, Beacon of Light, you need to go back to one of our early episodes and learn about what the Beacon of Light is. It is just our way of saying the porta potty 
I visit the Beacon of Light exactly three times before race. You know what? A little quirky, but I like it. I visit it too. I don't know three times exactly, just whatever needs to happen. But man, that's why the that's why it's a, a beacon of light. It's there for you. It's there to give you comfort. It's there to help you weather the storm. It's there to give you relief. It's the beacon of light. Well, thank you for that, Jeff. Paul Loves Tacos says, I always do the stream if you can. You will never regret it. I'm guessing this means, Paul, that you if there is a stream to be crossed. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the stream. Or near you. You you jump in. I might be reading this incorrectly. I always do the stream if you can. Always do the stream if you can. You will never regret it. I'm guessing that's what you mean. A little quirky, but fun. And that was something we talked a couple episodes about. Making trail running fun. Super important. Big part of trail running. Keeping it fun. Keeping it interesting. And always doing the stream if you can. Or maybe it means peeing. I don't know. I think that's what he means though. Do the stream if you can. Paul loves tacos. Thanks so much for that. Well, Evan says... I eat an untoasted cinnamon Pop-Tart for any run over 10 miles. Very descriptive. I eat an untoasted cinnamon Pop-Tart for any run over 10 miles. You know, this is an interesting one, Evan, because number one, I just had this conversation with a friend. If you eat the Pop-Tart, which, you know, who, who wouldn't? Do you eat it? toasted or untoasted, hot or cold. I actually prefer them right out of the wrapper. Don't even, don't even mess with the toaster. Sounds like Evan is the same. For any run over 10 miles, perhaps to get that extra dose of carbs, that extra, maybe it's a, maybe it's a treat. Like, Hey, I'm about to run 10 miles. I'm going to get, have a stinking pop tart because they're delicious. Evan loved that one. I eat an untoasted cinnamon pop tart. And cinnamon is the best flavor, by the way, for any run over 10 miles. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Evan. CJ says, I high five each trailblaze so I don't zone out and get lost. Hey, guys. High five. All right. Classic. High five. I like this one a lot because of our recent experience at the race where Steven did get lost and had he used CJ's quirky strategy high-fiving each trailblaze so he wouldn't get lost he wouldn't have gotten lost so it's CJ thank you for that and our last one comes from Sandal Running Sam this one now that you've heard his name may be obvious I run and sandals. Sandal running Sam runs in sandals. Seems to be on brand. He runs in sandals. I could not do that. It seems like every race there is someone running either barefoot or in sandals and major props because I could not, I can't barely run with shoes on. Let's be honest. So running with sandals or barefoot, major props. Don't know if it's quirky or not, but major props. Well, thanks to everyone who submitted their quirky trail running 
item habit thing they do. Really appreciate that. This list is so much better, so much quirkier than the Runner World list. So thank you for that. So with that, that is the quirky things trail runners do. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 97 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everyone involved, to Marty Janishek for that amazing intro. Really appreciate that. To my son, Hayden Harrell, for sharing with us his thoughts and concerns as a very brand new, but yet focused and dedicated trail runner. Thank you, Hayden, for that. To the great Denver Isom for the amazing, amazing performance at that 150 miler. Incredible. Way to go, Denver. So proud of you. And for all the herd members who submitted their quirky trail running thing, the thing they do that's quirky. Appreciate that as well. As always, a big shout out and thanks to the person that makes us sound so great on this show. Steve Cinnamon Bear Saunders. Oh, yeah. Well, with that, again, head over to Myaderm, M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Big run in the code to get 20% off the best CBD products out there. Really appreciate the herd. And for all, again, the feedback. I want some feedback. Jeff at Big Ass Runner. DM on the Instagram, Big Ass Runner. We would love to know anything that you think about the show, things you want to see, don't want to see, things you like, things you don't like. We love feedback. Please submit some. That would be awesome. Love to hear from you. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. Scratch that, Steve. I want to start with a different one. Oh, you can't talk back. Uh, Steve can't talk back. Dang it. Dang it. Steve, if you could insert the look up here, look up here from uh, what movie is that from? Dirty Rotten Scoundrel? Something like that. That'd be cool. Anyway, um, how do I want to end this? Steve, you have any suggestions? I have an idea. That's all, folks.